Hello and welcome everybody to episode 77 of Bruce Let's Travel, the podcast exploring the best craft beer scenes across the country. I'm your host, Laura, filling in this week for Brian, who is exploring the outer reaches of the space beer market. Oh. I, I highly doubt that's real, but that's what he put in the script. So I'm saying it. He's he's adventuring out there, you guys. So anyway, uh, we've got a great show for you guys today. And I am joined by our BLT co-host for these San Diego episodes, YouTube personality, Mike Birch. How's it going, Mike? Good. I like that YouTube personality. Yeah, I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm good. Great to see I... you. I'm, I'm glad you're hosting. Not that Brian doesn't do a good job, but you know. <laughs> We gotta give him a break every once in a while, right? He's gotta he's gotta take a little vacation. And uh, no, he's not actually taking vacation. He's working. He is on a work trip, uh, but he'll be back next week. But until then, we are going to be hanging out. And we have a really great brewery that we're featuring today from the San Diego area, and that is North Park Beer Company. Yes, we've got some great beers to drink too, and the folks in the live cast uh, uh, live stream have the same beers. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So we are going to be enjoying two great IPAs from North Park. We have Art is Hard. It's a New England IPA as well as Hot Foo, a West Coast IPA. And we're going to be joined by some friends of ours to talk about beer travel and how to plan trips around visiting great beer locations like San Diego. You want to bring our guests in here? Oh, yes. Please. Yeah, why not? Let's welcome uh, uh, two former co-hosts. You may know them uh, from the uh, Bruce Less Traveled podcast, but also know them. Uh, they're my friends and fellow Beer Avengers from the Beer Avengers podcast. Please welcome Ethan and Glenn. Hey, fellas. Hey, Laura. Hey, Mike. It's great to be there here. They are. Howdy, hello. folks. Good hello, to see you hello. all. Long time no see. The, uh, the last time I was officially the host without Brian here, I actually had Ethan and Glenn as co-hosts. So we're right. flipping the script today. I'm I'm loving this. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you three just went on a European vacation together to explore beer. And you guys did tons of cool beer stuff. And so though Mike is our co-host, he is also a little bit of a guest because he was there with you guys. And of course, here at Bruce Less Traveled, we love talking about beer vacations, planning travel around visiting breweries. So I'm really, really excited to talk about that later on. But first, I think we have to open a beer. So all of those in the live stream and Mike, please join me. Yeah, we are going to start off the night with art is hard. So let's uh, let's pour this beer. And while we're pouring, I would love to know, Ethan and Glenn, yes. what beers are you guys enjoying this evening? Um, I, uh, I unfortunately, I was not able to I did not get the box this month, but I was able to go to one of my local uh, places and I found another San Diego brewery represented. I've got the Alesmith Speedway Stout. This is a version I haven't tried. This is the Tart Cherry Edition, which actually feeds into one of our themes about Belgium as well. So but yeah, I'm drinking it out of my special glass, which we can talk about more later, too. And the beer, beer wonder. Uh, and I am representing for New York City, uh, making this a truly bi-coastal episode. Uh, I've got the Punk Lullaby from Wild East Brewing Company, an excellent small craft brewer here in New York City. Uh, it's a delightful, uh, kind of keeping it real, West Coast IPA, making it a truly uh, bi-coastal experience. So here we go. 
Yeah, I got my Wild East hat. Get that beer poured and and we can can cheers to this evening, you guys. Cheers. Look at the haze on this beauty. Oh, I love it. I know. That beer looks gorgeous there, Mike. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Cheers. 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 Mm, Super, super yum. So this North Park Beer Co beer is art is hard and this is actually a hazy ipa and there is simcoe citra Mut- i can never say it right how do you say that motueka hops yeah i usually just say mot- awesome. mot- mot- motuka I, maybe i don't say it out loud <laughs> that's all right that's a reader and i'm definitely catching the the tangerine orange tropical fruity there's even some like pineapple notes in there in this beer really really great it's also seven percent as is our Ooh. other beer so this could get interesting you guys yeah it's got the oats in there it gives it a nice smooth uh, uh smooth mouthfeel to it and uh, now north park is a great example of a smaller san diego brewery that's really shining in the modern beer landscape they were founded in, in 2016 by accomplished home brewer Kelsey McNair. North Park has been known for their community-focused tap room and hop-forward beers, we can tell from this one. Uh, they were just awarded Brewery of the Year for producers Ooh. of from the 2,000 to 5,000 uh, barrels at the Great American Beer Festival after capturing four medals, one gold, one silver, and two bronzes, all for their IPAs. So they are living the hop life in uh, San Diego. And this... This beauty is a, is a great example of what they've been doing. And for the record, art is hard. <laughs> art is hard. Definitely. It's true because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, that looks like a work of art, just at least from this angle. Is it nice and juicy as, as one would hope? It's really juicy. Oh, it it's got a real smooth finish. And a creamsicle. I, you'd say they have that orange vibe in there. I definitely mm-hmm. get a creamsicle vibe from it. Definitely. Uh, even though I'm sure I don't, it's not made with any lactose. It's just got those, mm-hmm. the, the creaminess with the oats and, exactly. uh, and the, these hops just give it such a fruity tropical vibe. Uh, let's hear mm-hmm. your comments in the, in the, uh, in the chat and the live stream. Uh, yeah. Nick is saying, darn, it's real good. Yep. Uh, it sounds like a, lo- a lot of people are really enjoying it. And I actually went to GABF this fall. And so, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there oh, were yeah. four of us from the team who went for CBT Group as a whole. And so I was there with the Bruiseless Traveled booth and we were talking about the Bruiseless Traveled podcast, but also our holiday boxes. So definitely keep an eye oh, out yeah. for those. The pre-order is live, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, but I actually went to this booth, the MPBC booth, and I tried their beers. And I tried a lot of beer that day. So I'll say I, I don't know if I remember it because I was drinking a lot of beer while also, you know. So it was it was a great trip overall. Really, really great time. Have any of you guys been to, to GABF? No, not yet. Me neither. <laughs> Definitely a bucket list item. Um, I was going to say, I, I don't know how much of it you one remembers, though, because I feel like if you have distinct memories of it, you're probably not doing it correctly. Exactly. And there was a lot of people to, to witness to that. Definitely. Just the mm-hmm. costumes, the energy. It was amazing. But speaking of bucket list items, we are here to be talking about beer travel finding destinations where breweries are living and alive and having so much fun making beers all the time. And we have to talk about Europe, the trip that you guys went on. So we are going to dive in a little bit of your European beer vacation. And then we're also going to talk about beer travel as a whole. So I think we should start out with what prompted this European beer vacation. Glenn, why don't you take this one? 
Okay, sure. Well, uh, as a longtime watchers of the of the Bruce Less Traveled podcast and live stream know that uh, Mike recently moved to Fresno. And mm-hmm. a few months before he moved to Fresno, because he was our neighbor up until that point, uh, he had told me about this uh, this this tour that was uh, being sponsored by this company uh, that does a lot of groups that he'd gone on with before. And uh, and I'd been thinking about it for for a little while. And then as he was leaving, I was like, you know, we should that's that's what was, I'm, I'm happy to come visit you in Fresno. But wouldn't it be better if we if we all met up and did some fun beer vendry thing together? And I remember that he'd sent me that thing. And I mentioned it to him right before he left town. Um, and uh, and Cider Girl pulled me aside and said, keep keep on him about that. Um, mm-hmm. And I did. And and uh, next thing you know, it's October, uh, just slightly after Oktoberfest. Uh, but we all went. And for uh, 11 days, we went from Oof. Brussels. We, I'm sorry, we started at Bruges, went all the way down to the bottom of Belgium and to, to Brussels, and then all the way across to Munich with a few other stops in between. And it was a really tremendous time. Oh, that sounds like definitely a bucket list item for me. I mean, I want to make it over there for Oktoberfest at some point, uh, but doing any type of brewery tour is definitely top on my list. And so planning a beer vacation is probably pretty exciting, but it's probably a little bit stressful, that whole planning aspect. So you guys did a guided tour, but yeah, had, you, organized, yeah. had you thought about like any pros or cons about doing a self-led or a self-paced tour? Or were you like, do it for me because I'm going to be drinking. Was that the vibe? <laughs> well, I had traveled with this company before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're called EF Tours, EF Go Ahead Tours. So they generally do European vacations. That's where they're really specialists at. And, you know, when you when it's an organized tour, everything's taken care of for you. So uh, you don't have to get on the road. You don't have to worry about booking the hotels or, or, or booking dinners or that sort of thing. So, and, and, and touring breweries. So everything was sort of insider, everything we did. Uh, and it was all in the brochure beforehand about what we were going to do. And it just made sense, uh, to do it this way. Uh, sometimes these, these organized tours are, are, are not like for younger people, let's say are (laughs) not as popular. Like I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to drive myself. I'm going to do this. And it's like, okay, but you know, you're going to spend a similar amount of money <laughs> and yeah. uh, to have everything taken care of. I mean, I'm all for it myself. Yeah, I, I will also say when, when you're doing a beer tour, driving yourself isn't always the best way. No. Um, I, I find with uh, one of the things, uh, if you're doing a self-guided thing, it's well, a couple things for self-guided is that you need to, uh, you know, either have a plan, go to a place with really good public transportation or, mm-hmm. or plan on spending some money on Ubers and Lyfts. Uh, and, and, uh, and that's often, that, that's what I find myself doing. And also if you're doing self-guided Google maps is your friend. Uh, you need to have that. Oh, yes. That's, it's really great. If you're trying to figure out to, for, for when I started traveling with Google maps is a game changer, because if you're like trying to plan your day, it, it not only tell you how far away something is, but it'll give you all the options as far as if you want to take an Uber, if you want to do it, ride a bus, if you want to do a subway, if you want to walk, it tells you how to get there for all of those and uh, it's traveling for self-guided travel. Google Maps is a must. If it's, of course it's easy to do when you're doing domestic, but if you don't have a cell phone plan with data, uh, if you're going to Europe and you're doing self-guided, definitely do that. We didn't need it for our tour because we were we we're guided. But if you're doing self-guided, it absolutely, it changes the world if you have uh, Google Maps. Yeah, it's uh, probably the greatest thing about the internet. I I, I would say. <laughs> 
It's Google Maps. I can't even get around my own little tiny town without Google Maps. So I'm <laughs> an advocate for Google Maps. Well, Glenn and I have both done tours, if I'm not mistaken, in Europe where where we we did go on our own without a guide. And and that can be great too, because you're you you're you're running your own ship, as it were. But sometimes, you know, language barriers and not understanding certain aspects of the culture can be uh, can make it a little more difficult. So when you have a guide taking care of everything, that's great. And especially in the spirit tour, I mean, we got treated royally everywhere we went. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was, you know, sometimes we thought, oh, maybe we'll get a couple samples at this place. I mean, we got massive force <laughs> every place we went. If I learned anything about sort of approaching beer in Europe versus beer in the United States is that 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 short means nothing. Uh, we, we specifically went to places and asked for short pours and got what would be a full pour in the United States. But I also will say, uh, credit to European beers, um, I did not have any real like next day hangover issues. Um, a credit to the quality of, of beer production that we may be seeing there. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, I would say I didn't either. I mean, we had uh, we had other uh, issues. <laughs> yeah, we don't, think it, yes. we don't think it was because of the beer, though. Yeah, <laughs> might have oh. had a bad muscle, or it might have been a stomach. Anyway, that's no. Everyone's drinking. That's we don't want to talk about there. that right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And there was actually a, a question that popped up when I was prepping for this mm-hmm. episode tonight. Some questions came up, and Ethan, you kind of talked a little bit about that. So. First of Mm -hmm. all, when you taste beers over in Europe, those Mm -hmm. German beers and all of those, do they taste more fresh than you experienced when you had them over here in the States? Did you notice any difference there? Um, I I definitely, especially when we were in Germany, I felt like they went okay. down a lot easier. Um, and I did not, I mean, again, you know, we're dealing with historic styles in most cases yeah. when you're in Germany, especially if you're in Bavaria, there's, there's strict rules around the way that beer is meant to be brewed. And so you're really getting a classic style. Um, so they were much easier to drink. They went down a lot faster than I find here in the United States. That said, one thing that we did sort of notice is that there is a little bit there's more of a limited palette in terms of what you're getting when you're going to these more traditional German style brewing locations. In Germany, right? for we sure. Seeing, yeah. In Germany specifically, we were seeing the same beers uh, over and over again. It was actually a uh, uh, an adventure that we took on our very last night there when we went and sought out a craft beer bar, like in the American style uh, Mm -hmm. in Munich, that we were sort of starting to see styles that were a little bit more different than what we had been experiencing as we'd been going to more traditional brewing locations and things like that. Uh, But in terms of like the freshness of the beers, absolutely. I thought they went down beautifully. Uh, And and I certainly wound up drinking a lot more than I ever thought I would be. Gentlemen, I don't know if you had a similar reaction. (laughs) I think part of that is due to the fact that so much of it is uh, it, it, they don't get they don't get really high with the ABV there. So that mm-hmm. also might have had That's something true. to do with that why they true. were going down easily and no hangover. You were going to say, Mike. Well, uh, Belgium's kind of the opposite. So we did Belgium and, and Germany with the Belgium. They do make strong Belgian ales. And one place we visited was brewery. Yeah. Better known as the home of delirium tremens. It's the delirium. Yes. Yes, and which so was Delir- pretty spectacular. It was uh, the best brewery tour I've ever been, been on. Uh, but mm-hmm. they, we have we have delirium over here in the states. You know, you can get it in pretty much every store, and I've had it on tap, and it's a good beer. And I'm like, okay, that's a good beer. But having it there, like you say, Laura, it's like, I mean, it's just a different experience. Mm-hmm. Like it was just really 
just so delicious and and uh made me fall in love with their beers over again uh in fact i came back here to the states and and uh we got some delirium red and it was it was fine it's brewed in the same place yeah. it's all brewed in the one place uh but it wasn't it didn't it wasn't as uh enjoyable <laughs> as it was at the yeah. at the tap room it might have been in the atmosphere but uh Boy, they treated us well over there. They gave us lots of beer. And it was 1130 in the morning as well when we started drinking the deliriums. Hey, we're on vacation. You know, yeah, the rules know. are off. Yeah, yeah we, did, we really did have to put away the idea of drinking in the morning. Like, no, we're going to do it. I mean, it was 530 in the morning here when we did that. Fair. <laughs> five o'clock somewhere. 5 no one somewhere. said which yeah. five a, which five we were looking for. <laughs> um, I do want to pick up though something from the chat, though. Uh, Nick mm-hmm. did ask about uh, German IPAs. And the answer is yes. That was the final beer I had on our trip. At our craft beer bar, I was able to get a European take on an American IPA from a brewery called Camba that was actually quite good. It wasn't as creative as some of the IPAs that we tend to find here stateside, (laughs) but it was really good. And I hadn't had an IPA in about two weeks at that point. Uh, So it tasted fantastic. And it was kind of exciting to get that take on it. So shout out to Canva IPAs for for doing doing it right American style. There you go. I love that. And you actually answered the next question that I was going to ask from from my research. I had Tim and Audrey Mm -hmm. submit some questions. And so shout out to Tim and Audrey if you guys are there in the live stream. Uh, But you just answered the question if any American style beers were over there. So look at you ahead of the game. I love it. And yeah, on the last day we were at this bar and I was and I thought to myself, why didn't we visit any of these craft breweries? Because they're in Germany. And I'd say I'm going to write a letter to to go ahead and say, hey, I got to add this on. Now we got another question in the chat about the styles that stuck out. But before we do that, I think maybe can we should we open a second beer? I'm, I'm sure we can. I mean, I, I drink kind of slow, but I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> if you insist, Listen, yeah, our I, live streamers uh, don't still working uh, on my uh, first, but it's a tall boy. So that's OK. Well, we have I, I'm actually interested in having this because this is a West Coast style. This next one is called Hop Poo. Let's take a beer break. Sorry I couldn't be there for this week's episode. Laura, you're crushing it as always. But I wanted to pop in and talk more about something exciting we have coming for the holiday season. The Hoppy Hanukkah and 12 Beers of Christmas boxes. For the third year in a row, we'll be celebrating Hanukkah and Christmas the best way we know. By opening great beers from around the country and streaming every night as we explore these beers together. Pretty much, you know, what we do on this show just with beers from a bunch of different cities around the country and back-to-back nightly streams with a bigger focus on live video content. We'll have engaging and hilarious hosts, passionate guests, and as always, we'll be featuring beers from some of the best breweries in the United States with this year's boxes, including offerings from Equilibrium Brewing out of Middletown, New York, and Good Life Brewing Company from Bend, Oregon. Our Hanukkah streams will run from December 18th through December 25th, starting at 8.30 p.m. Eastern each night. And our 12 Beers of Christmas Dreams will run from December 26th through January 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern each night. Yes, you caught that right. 19 straight days of beer-themed holiday streams. And with three episodes of BLT packed in there as well, we got you covered for all your live beer content in December. To make sure you get your boxes before the holidays, be sure to purchase the Hoppy Hanukkah by December 8th and the 12 Beers of Christmas by December 13th. These make great gifts for the beer lover in your life, which is, you know, probably you if you listen to this podcast. So treat yourself. 
or treat that special loved one and pick up one of these boxes today. We've also got great Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals from all of the brands here at the CBT Group. So check the episode description for more information on snagging some of the best deals on our educationally focused beer gifts. Now, let's get back to the show. Laura, can you, can you tell us about this beer? Oh, I can. Of course, I will tell you everything. And actually, I will give you a little behind the scenes uh, information here. Please. So when I know I love it. So if if the listeners don't know, I'm the one who actually reaches out to these breweries to get the beer all lined up. So I talk to the brewers, we figure out what beer we're going to have. And they were like, you have to have the hop food. Do you know why? Because it's an award winning beer. Well, this was before GABF. And this is actually the 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020, World Beer Cup gold medal winning West Coast IPA. Boom. Ooh. There it is. I'm not even showing you the label. There you go. <laughs> uh, but there's a bunch of different hops in here. There's there's five different kinds of hops uh, and it has a really big kick to the olfactory system. That's a big thing about this one is the aroma is really, really pungent and amazing mm-hmm. and flavorful. Um, there's also pine, dink resins, fresh flowers, peppery spice, tropical fruit, berries, melon, stone fruit, and a lingering citrusy finish. And according to NPBC, the original homebrew recipe for hop foo is the single most awarded homebrew recipe in America. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love comparing, and this is a great comparison with these two, oh, yeah, yeah. Really style IPA mm-hmm. and the hazy New England style. And you could see that. I mean, that's a huge difference. And when 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 uh, New England is now considered its own style, the hazy. I mean, look at that. Well, obviously it's the filtering, but and the extra dry hopping. But I do I do like a West Coast IPA. I, I do, and this is a nice one, very nice. Okay, so let's go back to that question Please. in the chat. Any styles that stuck out while you guys were traveling? No doubt. For me, I would say uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, and you know what I'm going to say. I know exactly what you're going to say. We went to the city of Bomberg, and this was something right, that I yeah. was looking forward to, was going to Bomberg, and Bomberg is known for their Hauk beer. The Hauk beer, which is uh, maybe more in, in American speak is the Rausch beer, which is also known as the smoked beer, the smoked lager. And we tried three different ones while we were there. We did do a, a, a brewery call in, uh, in Bomberg, and Wow. I mean, I had the one uh, from a Klaus de Brau, the smoked uh, lager, which was just absolutely beautiful. The smoky nose, a smoky flavor. I, I thought it was the, the best beer for the, of the trip, besides maybe a triple that we had in, uh, <laughs> in Belgium. But uh, yeah, that the, that's for me. That stands out. Fellas? First, I just want to give Mike credit here because you were, yes. you know, you were, you're the master so- of the crawl. Uh, we said this is a very curated tour, but it had uh gaps in it and mike was like weeks for for like he was like you know cider girl was going and like we have to go out it's like no i'm planning the crawl he'd be locked in a room just mapping out every possible place and so that that bamberg crawl uh was was all mike uh he 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 helped us figure out where we were going that was our most successful crawl yeah Yeah, he did a little bit of true guided tour and then a little bit of of self-led tour i love it it's the best of both worlds yeah so so glenn what was your favorite my very favorite was also in Bomberg, uh, and I cannot remember what was the what was the name of that first place we went after our that, that weird tour guide. 
uh, <laughs> I first, believe that that was the Klausterbrau. Well, we we, we have to give him credit because Klausterbrau was not on my yes. map. He yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, weird is there's he's much more nuanced than just weird. But anyway, uh, yeah, he, uh, he did guide us to this place called Eccentric Klausterbrau. And Ethan and I both had this incredible Schwartz beer there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is probably oh, yeah. the not only the best beer I had the whole time, but definitely the maybe the best Schwartz beer I've ever had. That's amazing. Uh, really, really tremendous. I love the smoked beers there, too. Uh, in fact, in addition yep. to the the regular, the smoked one we had that it was it was known for, we wound up getting a smoked Marzen at one of the places that, you took yep. us to. Yeah. And uh, that's the first time I've ever seen that one. Or as they say, Meltzen. Nelson, yes, Nelson. that was at the Spezial Brewery, and that was yeah. definitely one of my one of my all time favorites. Um, while this was not my favorite, there is a beer that I wanted to call out that came to us in Belgium that was a unique experience for all of us. Um, uh, I think the Spezial was pretty. The Spezial Barson was one of my favorites that had a smoky character, but we did uh, go on a mission to find the original Gruet. Now, for those uh, of you who yes. do not know about a Gruet, a Gruet Lauren is a knows. beer that is. Laura knows all about it. Laura, will, will you educate the children for us, <laughs> no. please? You have much more knowledge on this than I do. I'm going to let you take it away. Fair enough. I grew it is a beer that uh, is brewed without hops. Now it's an historic style, goes all the way back and is was originally, uh, or at least historically goes back to Ghent in Belgium. Um, and they uh, there has been a tradition there to try and sort of find the original Gruet. And we went to a brewery, um, again, this was of our own finding called Groot, G-R-U-U-T, in Ghent, to, uh, which is a brewery woman-owned and woman-run brewery. Um, mm-hmm. She has been studying breweries for brewing for years and actually went back to historic recipes to try and make sort of an OG Gruet. Um, and all the beers that are produced there are Gruet styles. Um, and it's as close to what we know as, as an historic brew, Gruet uh, as exists out there. There's no specific recipe, but she's got a really yeah. good one out there. Um, and, you know, it became a mission to go and find this beer because we felt like we really could not beer venge appropriately if we did not try it. And I will say, was it my favorite beer I had in Europe? No, I love hops and I missed them deeply. But if you are going to get this has to be on your list because it is such a unique approach and they're using some historic equipment there. So it's worth the trip. It's worth checking it out. And they do do flights to give you a full sampling of what you can experience there. Another beer venture who joined us on the trip said, you know, if we were living in Ghent and we went there every day for a month, as one should, you would definitely gain a taste for it. But it was not my it was not my top beer, but it was certainly one of the most memorable and most exciting uh, beers that I tasted on the tour. Yeah, wonderful brewery. It was really a nice place. And like they are killing it. They have international distribution. They just haven't made it to the States yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably well, for it's... reasons that I understand. We did read about the Six Point Brewing is uh, doing a uh, mm-hmm. something in Brooklyn about it. Yeah. With with a NPR. It was a Science Friday thing. Uh, yep. has, did any of you listen to that? I have not listened no. to it, but... I was investigating there the other day and I tried it and it was. It was a Groot. (laughs) It was. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Bringing it over to the States. And then it's funny because Celine is in the chat saying, can you bring City Brew Tours, our our sister company that does in-person tours to Europe for this trip? I'm I'll put it in the owner's ear. He's probably listening right now. Hey, Chad, shout out to you. Just say the four of us can take care of this for you. Absolutely. We're (laughs) happy to, to, to do that. What a fun idea. I will travel to Europe in a heartbeat to drink beer with you guys because we're having so much fun. I know we'd have way too much fun over there as well. But speaking of your trip, we talked about some of the breweries that you guys went to, but I would like to know 
What was the favorite place that you went that wasn't a brewer, maybe brewery or beer adjacent, but not necessarily a brewer? I don't know if we'd, we probably all have the same answer on this one. Okay. Why three, two, one. Hop farm. Hop farm. Yeah. Hop farm. Hop farm. Yeah. The only reason I hesitated was because I didn't, if it, we did one, we did a couple things that weren't, that weren't even adjacent, but beer were really related, great right. highlights of it. Right. I would call that the dinner we had there, but yeah, definitely the hop farm was the and best. And we saw wonderful art and, and things like that too. And to be yeah, fair, yeah, we did culture, it. culture, culture, culture. But, 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 I mean, we did have some beer at the hop farm. So, so it wasn't just, it was, but, but they yeah, but two I, beers. <laughs> they did. It was all. So yeah, I heard there was the hop farm, but then I also heard that there was a cooking class that you guys took oh, as well. Yeah. Ethan, do you want to yeah. elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, well, so when you're thinking about, you know, going on producing a, a beer tourism experience for yourself, you know, drinking is excellent and one should do that, but you also got to eat. Okay. And there's also more than just beer out there. And so one of the, I mean, I, the hop farm was a truly incredible experience. We got to meet Kathy, who was a part of a third generation hop brewing family. And we walked all through the hop fields and saw the production machines. All that was great. But we also were invited to do an at-home cooking class from a professional chef in Belgium. Um, and she did taught us some traditional Belgian meals. Uh, and then we did sort of like a, in that case, it was a little bit more wine focused than beer, but you know, a food and, and beer pairing circumstance. And for me, that was just really kind of exciting because not only were we getting to learn uh, a skill and, but we were also getting to meet someone who practices that skill every day and get to know a little bit more about what their life was like in what wound up being her apartment her home which was kind yeah. of yeah. spectacular yeah it's like a whole different type of airbnb right there just they a, she lived know? in a a uh, five floor she lived the fifth floor was it the fifth floor it was a high well, up yeah, and the, was there a, was an elevator but it was an elevator from the 19th century which was so, so cool <laughs> So it was it was an old building and uh, but what a wonderful experience we made yeah. beet tartare, uh, which is not beef tartare, but uh, a vegetarian version with actual beets. Very good. And yeah. uh, that, that was turned out excellent. It was a potato salad that uh, Glenn was involved in the making of uh, with potatoes and bacon. Yeah. Green beans. And yeah, lots of uh, mustard. There was mustard in there, too. And uh, also Belgian waffles. So it was and we all had to like do the, the work. Uh, to to actually prepare it, they did most of the work, to be yeah. honest. But uh, a lot of the prep, yeah. But we there put was a it lot to, of cutting. we put it together, and it was a, it was a wonderful experience. I would recommend that on any tour you go to, if you can get somebody to do a cooking class in their own apartment. I mean, that was that was really uh, very unique and fun. My my recollections, Mike, is you were a little skeptical about that going in. You, you but you you were completely won over. Well, I was angry. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Because I was overwalked. Oh, yeah, that is that is maybe one downfall of going on on tours is that there is a lot of walking, but you got to work off the alcohol that you're drinking. That's true. That's true. In this one situation, we were we had just done a lot of wine. It seemed like our guide didn't quite know where she was going, which oh, I no. think did actually happen. She might have taken a wrong turn somewhere. Yeah. So we were just walking a lot. And when we got there, I'm like, all right, I don't care about this. I was just done. Uh, which is my personality. You know, I, I do that. Uh, the kids out there might not know. <laughs> you Dale's were hangry. hangry. I was hangry. Yeah, you were hangry. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Well, once we got in there and started to work, well, I, I was prof I was a professional cook and chef for over 20 years. So um, mm -hmm. when we got in there, I was like, I'm not volunteering to do anything. And uh, then they started to do the things. And then when it came to like, we had to dice the beats. Right. Mm -hmm. So yes. I said, I said, all right, fine. I'll just do them. 
Let uh, let, let's be clear. Beat. He started giving orders because oh, no. I wound up being his sous chef, <laughs> and uh, and I'm just happy I have all ten fingers left. <laughs> right. <laughs> I did do three beats to everyone else's one, but uh... I mean, if you were a professional chef for a while, and every time I listen to this this month's episodes, I learn something new about Mike Birch. Last week was the YouTube stardom. Like, who right. knew? Mm-hmm. I did go back and watch some of those videos. Oh Mike. yeah. Amazing. Oh, uh, but good. not Thank only you. Are, are you a YouTube sensation, but you are also you were also a chef. So I'm I'm learning new things about you every time that you're we do, we're about to do Thanksgiving here in the house. Uh, <laughs> so I, I always get roped into to doing the cooking, no matter what Thanksgiving I go to. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. So I would like to know talking about beer travel. Yes. Obviously, not everybody is going to be drinking the whole time. Some people might not even drink who are on your party. Right. <gasps> so Very how true. can you help? Your non-beer drinking companions find something to drink if you're on a beer tour. That's a great question. Uh, we did have a couple of non-beer drinking uh, mm-hmm. companions. Uh, most notably is my my wife Bricken, and and uh, I she she did very well though. I mm-hmm. mean, because there, there was a lot of wine. We did have wine as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it is it is tough. I mean, going on a beer tour. Uh, to satisfy those people. I don't know. I mean, you got something uh, on that? There are some unique styles. Uh, and we did find one for many of our, we did have some people who didn't particularly enjoy beer, uh, but there was one style that did seem to be a win over. Glenn, do mm. you do you remember this one? Because I feel like it was a oh, distinct moment for many of us. Of course, it was uh, It was one that I, I had become aware of about a year before because I'd gotten one of these from Oregon, but it was great to taste from the source. And that's the, the Belgian lambic known as Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, K-R-I-E-K, uh, also known as a cherry lambic. And yeah, everyone, even uh, I believe even Bricken liked that one. She, she said, did. I, had a be- I have a beer that I like. I also have to respond to what Celine put in here saying mm-hmm. there that uh, their uh, non-beer drinking person just complains. Uh, but uh, <laughs> ours were good sports. I mean, I, maybe maybe that's because ours were women and yours is a man, Celine. Uh, because yeah, w- women, it would actually... Both Bricken and and another woman, as well as our guide, none of them were really into beer, but they were all very good sports and uh, and and had a wonderful time and uh, found a few things they liked. Yeah, so I think creativity in in options and and seeing what you can find that maybe goes at what the edges of what those of us who tend to love beer might might think is is this even qualifying as a beer can be an interesting place for those folks to live. And I was it was really exciting to watch everyone get handed creeks and just start downing them, regardless of whether you considered yourself a beer lover or a beer hater. I hate <laughs> to say that. Um, like I feel like the creeks just disappeared every time they showed up. That's true. Well, uh, being uh, being married to a non beer drinker, I am mm. very conscious Correct. conscious of that. And so when we start our bruiseless traveled European tours, mm-hmm. that is definitely something we were going to take. We are going to take into account the important because we don't want people. You know, if you're a couple, if you, you it's like one doesn't drink beer, it's like, oh well, okay, bye. You know, yeah. no, you want to be, you want to go together, right, uh, right? So yeah, we will we will we will be conscious of that on our tours. I promise. Yes. And we're going to find things to drink. And and when I would do some of our brewery crawls, when we go to New York or wherever, Mm -hmm. I would look and see, check the cider availability on the on the tap list (laughs) and hope that there's one. And, you know, most breweries, to their credit, uh, will have those options. I would say they were less good about it when we started doing that, but the but the, uh, the I find now it's it's I mean it's the same thing the way when vegetarianism first started, all ever and we could ever get was a fish sandwich, right? And now 
everyone, every place has vegetarian options. And I think it's the same, I feel it's the same way. Like every place has some cider. There's a lot of improvement. And honestly, we've talked about, I talk about this on our, on our, uh, our, our beer and cheese events is like, not everybody likes uh, the taste of beer. The bitterness in beer is the, it's, that's the strongest flavor. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people specifically don't like beer because of the bitterness. And so uh, that's, uh, that's something that, uh, that I'm very conscious of. So I, I hope that, uh, yeah, when we start our tours, we're going to be, we're going to make sure everybody has yeah. something to drink. <laughs> I love that. So that's one thing we got to think about is the non beer drinking companions. But another thing that we have to think about is you're drinking all day long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How important is breakfast? <laughs> it's the most important meal of the day. Let's just be clear. Yeah. Beer tourism is uh, is this is an Olympic sport. OK, mm-hmm. you, you have to train for this for years. But honestly, there are performance enhancing drugs. And as far as I'm concerned, one of them is breakfast. <laughs> I thought you were going to say bacon, but yeah, that, Same thing. Same thing. don't they don't they qualify? No, I like yeah. one of the tips that I have learned in 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 my own planning of beer adventures and also our time together is that. If you're going to book your hotel, make sure it comes with an easy access to something to fill your stomach at the beginning of the day. Because I don't know that there was a day when we did not start having alcohol in our systems afternoon while we were in Europe. That just seems to be the culture of the space. And having just something, just something in there to sop it all up certainly made all the difference for me. Yeah, no, that makes that makes a whole lot of sense. If I, I want to go back to what you said, Ethan, mm-hmm. uh, earlier before you talked about the, the dinner. You said you, you got to eat. And since my father and your father were both with us on this tour, I'm reminded of something I once heard uh, Tim Russert say. One of the best pieces of advice his father ever gave him was, if you're going to drink, you got to eat. It seems obvious, but, you know, it's it's, it's just (laughs) wonderful fatherly advice, I think. Many of us ignore that advice. Yes. To our (laughs) peril. (laughs) To our own peril. Exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, uh, in Europe, I don't know if any, anyone's done any um, European uh, trips, but generally, whatever hotel you're staying at, breakfasts are fantastic. Huge buffets that uh, have everything you want, like not just everything for breakfast, but every kind of meal of the day. They love fresh, fresh vegetables at uh, at breakfast and lots of breads and tons of stuff. Yeah. And pastry. Overwhelming. So we, yeah. <laughs> Overwhelming. Yeah. So, I mean, that was never a problem was, was we always got breakfast on our tour and we will do that when we start our bruise, less traveled tour. <laughs> now I'm, I'm not sure if that is, if that's necessarily all of Europe, it's definitely the countries we were in. I know Ethan, before you joined us, you were uh, in Amsterdam and my experience in Amsterdam was that I found that the breakfast things were much, were a little more, they weren't quite just continental, but they weren't much more than continental. What was your experience there? Well, I was on my own in that circumstance. Okay. So uh, I was lucky enough that I met up with my dad a little bit before we all adventured in and he joined us as well. Um, yeah. But we were staying on the fifth floor of uh, a canal house in Amsterdam okay. that he had managed access to. So we were producing our own breakfasts. But oh, um, there you go. Dad enjoys a drink as much as I do. I come from good drinking stock. Uh, And so he knew that uh, eggs and bacon and all that good stuff was an important start to every day. So we definitely did like really kind of do our best to make sure that we were well prepared. Celine is coming uh, saying in Italy, they don't, she couldn't find breakfast there anywhere. So interesting. Yep. I'm just saying, if you're, if you're going for the endurance sport of beer tourism, take care of yourself. Okay. Right. (laughs) Stretch, drink your water, and most importantly, 
eat a hearty breakfast. Yes. This is the Olympics, people. You have to prepare for beer Olympics. Yes. So, Laura, did uh, did you realize this was going to become a, a Beer Avengers podcast? Uh, uh, <laughs> we, we have we have taken over. We have. Hey, I'm I'm happy with it. Brian's not here. There's no rules. I'm like, we're going to have a good time, guys. Uh, but I do want to go to a question that came Please. up in the chat. Speaking mm. of food, Matt, this is a great question. What meal on the trip was most Mm. memorable glenn let's start with you putting you on the mm. spot best meal i mean there was i i would i would have to say i i, I don't want to be a broken record but that that cooking class thing that was definitely the most memorable and i i, I want to put it to the you guys as the second one because there was a one that you were able to go that i unfortunately found myself indisposed for but how was uh what was it was how was that beer how did that beer pairing meal that we were on stack up with all the, all the rest of them I was I had had so many beers that I don't remember what the food was. Oh, it, yeah. was good. it was good. It was yeah. darn yeah. good. It, it was very good. It, it was a progressive meal with a couple of different options. I, I believe that I had had a version of fish just to sort of mix things up, but it was yeah. well done. I mean, I think one thing that stands out to me is that, you know, German food is what we expected. I like we had lots Ugh. of great sausages. We yeah. had huge pork meat. knuckles and things like that. Meat and potatoes. Lots of meat and potatoes. Yeah. Yes. And that was honestly, a, uh, I mean, you know, I, I remember uh, hoping for a vegetable at some point, um, which I was assured by our guide was not like that, that people in Germany and, and Belgium also eat vegetables too. We just didn't see many because <laughs> yeah. of where we were going. But I do recall when we were in Bamberg, when we did finally have the OG Schwarz, or not Schwarzbeer, um, the uh, Rauchbier. Oh, um, the Rauchbier, yes. The Rauchbier, uh, Schunk yes. Schunkerla? Yep, Shankarlan. We did wind up with a full pork knuckle that was larger than my fist, um, and it Massive. was truly exceptional. Uh, it did. It felt like we had moved back to a medieval time when we roasted our hop, or excuse me, our malt over open flame, so it was smoky, and like they gave you a hunk of meat to go with it. And I, I was quite pleased. Yeah, yeah. So, Mike, lead us into that next question. Let's bring it back to San Diego because that's where we actually are. Let's in this get episode. back to <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I've been to San Diego a couple of times. Glenn, you went on a beer vacation to San Diego in uh, was it November last year? It was yeah, it was October November of 2021. Basically, what happened was I, uh, you know, the, what we were all dealing with the pandemic. Uh, I mean, obviously we're still dealing with it in our, our various ways, but that was the point where it's post vaccine. Haven't been anywhere in a year and a half plus. Mm. And uh, I'm finally feeling safe to travel. And a friend of mine was getting married in Lake Elsinore, which is about halfway between L.A. and San Diego. And I just decided, oh, OK, well, I'm going to I'm going to make this my own personal solo vacation. And San Diego seems to be the better beer city than than L.A. So I'm just going to go there like five days early and visit as many breweries like, as I can. And I will talk about some of my highlights. But I also feel like since they're the ones that are supposed to be the focus this evening, I did go to North Park. Okay, great. And I had their Citra Collider, which has a color very similar to that first beer you, you all had. I don't know if this will show up. I'm, I'm, yes, this is the light. Oh, you got no a picture. Good. Yeah, you can kind of see it. This is this is from my, because I searched my untapped profile. This is the only North Park beer I have. But, oh, uh, and it's got the haze. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you can see it's like mm -hmm. very similar yeah, there. Beautiful. And that was great. Although I would say uh, Alesmith was really fantastic. Alesmith was the one place I went to where there were so many. They do such great imperial stouts and versions of that that I was I only did flights when I was there, uh, and I still didn't get to drink every single one that I wanted to. It was uh, 
It was so fantastic, but also, uh, and I don't know how they're doing now, but modern times, I know they've been going through some difficulties, had a really wonderful experience visiting them as well. Uh, but that was, that was, that's what I was talking about as far as going to different places. And I found that where I, I specifically chose to stay at a place that was very near White Labs and McKellar mm-hmm. and, and Alesmith and Ballast Point and a few others, but it wasn't really an area with great public transportation. So what I would do is I would pick an area of town I wanted to go to and I would get a lift to there and do as much walking and even a little bit of busing within it. Uh, so it was, uh, I spent a lot of time in, uh, old town. Uh, there was a lot, a lot of walking that day because I found myself in both modern times as well as uh, stone. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it, I, I could, I could talk about it for, you know, <laughs> longer than we have to talk tonight, but it was, uh, there right. was so many, it was, it was, it was a really great experience. Uh, and, and like I said, because I was curating it myself, mm-hmm. being able to have, like, I had, I got a lot of advice from a lot of friends. That's the other thing I would say, if you're going to go someplace, reach out on, on Facebook or whatever social media you're on, or your, your group of friends and say, I've never been to this place. I'm going to this place. Any suggestions that, that, that is always yeah. a great starting place. And I still couldn't, and San Diego is such an incredibly beer rich city. I, 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 I could only scratch the surface during those five days, mm-hmm. but I, I, I did all the damage I could. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad you did. And even so you said you were walking a lot, you were getting bored of it. Hopefully you weren't as upset as Mike was when you guys were in Europe doing that walking <laughs> tour. Okay. No, no, I uh I I, Less I, angry. I, I, Less I, angry. I well, but also remember like in Mike's situation, he kind of had to go with with the group. And at the end of the time, we were all walking back to the hotel and like there was a bit of a revolt. There were four people who said, Nope, we're taking an Uber. Yeah. I managed to get Wi-Fi be like Look at that Uber. I mean, that's a good, <laughs> that is the one nice thing about solo traveling is it's entirely my choice whether I want to walk or take an Uber exactly. or walk part of the way and Uber the rest of the way. It's like it's entirely if I get too angry, I can I have plenty of solutions <laughs> at my fingertips yeah. because I don't have 12 people with me who have to agree on me on it. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, I know if I'm going anywhere, if I'm if I'm hungry, I'm hangry. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I drink beer on an empty stomach, even worse. So I made sure to have a nice carb meal before this evening because these are two 7% beers and I'm a little woman. So I prepared. Uh, <laughs> anyway. The endurance sport <laughs> of drinking, Laura, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. I just, I, that you're, uh, I, that we have, uh, we have never uh, met in person. So it, it, you're a tiny woman. How tall are you? I'm five four. I mean, I'm oh, wow. normal. I'm normal. normal. There's I'm a, a normal person. I'm a normal person. It's <laughs> not fine. the people who are, are not the people who are shorter that that aren't normal. Every, you know, that's <laughs> right. That's right. Let's we don't, we, a, we, oh, don't no. we don't want to get canceled. <laughs> oh, we can't get canceled on the episode where Brian's not even the host. I mean, this come really on become now. a Beer Avengers episode. <laughs> we ruined the show. Oh no! Now right, we come to right. the point in the show where we have to give uh, Laura her Beer Avenger name. Uh, no, oh, no, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll do it. We'll do that later. We'll do. That'll we'll actually later. have you on the show. All right, and then we'll be definitely should. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when Since that happens, got... we'll give a shout out here on BLT. Brian, we'll make sure that all of you guys know when I'm on Beer Avengers. And now it, it's cemented. Now they can't back out and say no, it's Laura, true. you can't be on the no. show. Like I get to do it now. <laughs> yes. It should have happened sooner than that. Really? Than today. Yeah. I know. It's what our the own heck? Fault. Why haven't you invited me? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So usually. <laughs> Usually at the end of the show, we ask our guests what uh, they feel our featured city should be most well-known for. However, I want to ask you guys, since we're talking about beer travel as a whole, 
What is your biggest piece of advice for new beer travelers? Mm. I mean, I think mine is pretty clear. Breakfast. <laughs> okay. Breakfast. Now here's, here's the thing. If you are, if you are, tra- I mean, I, I counted that we probably tasted upwards of 50 beers. Okay. Mm-hmm. At least certainly in the time that I did before I met up with everybody, um, I probably hit around 50 beers over the course of the thing. And that again wow. is not for the faint of heart. Um, so if you, you, you have to build up your endurance and your tolerance as a part of this, but most importantly, you do have to take care of yourself because while Many parts of our trip sort of blend together. I do have very distinct memories of certain beers and those things, those like beers are really special memories to me. And if I had not like prepared and built up to this experience and had breakfast every day, I don't think that those memories would have stuck around as much. So, um, so preparation is key as is breakfast. Love it. All right, Glenn, here we go. Best piece of advice. Well, first of all, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree a little bit. I, uh, for me, breakfast, eating along while you drink is great. It doesn't necessarily have to be breakfast because I'm not really a breakfast person. I did enjoy the breakfast we had. I'm glad it was included with what we paid for the tour, but I've also been traveling a lot. Like, okay, I got to make sure at least by my second beer, that second beer is with lunch. Uh, and, 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 but so, yeah, so the idea of, I absolutely agree with the notion of, of, of connecting it together. And, uh, and another one I think I said already is, um, it is especially if you're not on a guided tour, if you're by yourself, definitely utilize Google Maps for everything it's worth. I because uh, I, 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 I've traveled before that existed, and the first time I traveled with it, I couldn't believe how much easier it was to find places. I, I don't know what to tell Laura if she can't get around her own town without it. Uh, I'm so lost ma- all that, the that time. makes me think we've all become too dependent on it. But when you're traveling right. in an unfamiliar yes. place, it's it just it makes things so much easier. It means you don't have to be that tourist standing by the side of the road unfolding your map looking like a big uh, mark. All right, I love it. <laughs> and how about you, Mike? Your best advice for new beer travelers? Well, the uh, uh, the, the 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 key is uh, to enjoy yourself <laughs> and not to worry too much uh, about you know. Oh, am I going overboard? You know, as long as you're not driving or or, or uh, uh, operating heavy machinery, which you're probably not on vacation. I sure hope you not. shouldn't be. <laughs> I hope not. Let loose. Relax a little bit. Um, but something that uh, my wife, Bricken, uh, this was one of our catchphrases on the mm-hmm. tour. Yep, that's true. She said, you don't have to finish it. There you go. Yeah, that's good advice. And when I was getting that over my advice. stomach virus, that was especially true. Yeah. Oh, no. I was like, I'll have a taste. I will say the captain and I were not. We besides we both got the stomach <laughs> flu, but we were not necessarily living by that uh, uh, most of the days. Yeah, I certainly wasn't either. But, oh, uh, you let's, know, let's hope but, not. But it is true. It is true. It is worth I mean, it's worth trying everything. That's, mm-hmm. I guess, another thing. But you, if you don't like it, you definitely don't have to finish it. Exactly. I love it. I love it. You guys over on Beer Avengers, you guys have at least two episodes, like two and a half hours of content where you guys are talking about all of the trip adventures that you went on. I hope that the food poisoning story comes up because we didn't talk about it tonight. So I would love for you guys to to plug where you guys can be found the beer avengers I'm, I'm so excited that you guys were here so thank you so much so much for being here so plug your show plug anywhere else that you would like to go ahead. take it away captain I, I am still in the process of editing it so presuming there's not stuff that i have to you know remove it is <laughs> likely to be two and a half hours you released part one this week uh, in fact that was the other bit of advice i was going to tease uh mm-hmm. is that 
one of the things you really need some advice on how to deal with jet lag, but for that, you've got to listen to the podcast. Uh, we just released episode one, uh, which also includes Mike's wife, Bricken, my dad, Ethan's dad. Uh, and then I'm uh, then which, which gives an overview of their stories as well as a few tidbits about, about our trip. And then we have an exhaustive about 80 minute day by day travelogue oh, yeah. of everything minutes. we did that's well we if it hadn't been for that time you guys dropped out it, it was like it looked like it was like oh, closer to 90 man. once i edited the anyway that's too much inside baseball there anyway but it's, <laughs> it looks like it's going to be about 80 minutes when when all is said and done uh but we went through a day by day travelogue of everything we did and so if you want to hear more about that and i would also say if you want to hear more about my san diego trip you can look into our archives and listen to episode 51 uh, where I talk extensively about uh, about my trip to San Diego, since uh, to bring it all full circle back to what this show is really supposed to be about the the city we're all celebrating, uh, and my trip to Alesmith and everything. <laughs> and uh, we can find us at thebeervengers dot com or just thebeervengers wherever you find your your podcasts or your social medias. Yes, or your social medias. Make sure you put the the in there. It's just it's at thebeervengers. The only thing we don't have is a TikTok and. Uh... Oh, can you guys please make a TikTok? That would be so entertaining for me. Well, I've, I've registered <laughs> us with one, but I, I need to. I, Mike, Mike is the only one among us who seems to be really TikTok savvy. So so maybe he can figure out how to put All something right. on there. Mike was a YouTube superstar, so he can handle the video. Exactly. TikTok. The, the TikToks are easy for you YouTube people. <laughs> this is like down. You're downshifting to make it big on TikTok. By the way, I'm going to do before we end, I'm going to I'm going to do a cuvee. <gasps> Oh, oh, oh my goodness oh my goodness i'm feeling emotional now i don't know if the north park people would approve of this <laughs> but let's give it a shot for those of you who are listening to the episode mike just poured the two beers into one glass mixing these two ipas so mike how does it taste it's a Tell nice us. mix it's oh, a nice i love it i will say the hazy dominates i love it it's <laughs> just <laughs> like the lemonade with the shandy Except they both have alcohol in them. Look at the color. I mean, it's like the yeah. hazy just takes over. It yeah. really does. Yeah, It's nice, though. Okay. So thank you to everyone who is here in the live stream for listening and tuning in, as well as to all of our podcast and YouTube listeners and watchers. Make sure to go and follow at the Beer Avengers on Instagram and subscribe to their podcast. And if you don't already subscribe to ours, do that, too. What are you waiting for? Obviously. So, exactly. You can follow us at Bruvana, and we'll be back next week with our next San Diego episode of Bruise Less Traveled. But until then, as Brian always says, stay safe, be kind, and support local breweries. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, y'all. We'll see you next week. Bye.